Welcome to the episode three of stateofsecurity.com podcast. As always, I'm pleased for you to join me. Uh, this time, I have a very special treat. I got to hang out with my good friend, Bill Semph, and we talk a lot about how to engage with developers, how and why uh, we need to talk to developers in their own language, how we get to know them, and what they should learn from us. It was a great session. We spent a good amount of time together, and uh, if you've never hung out with uh, Bill Semph, you really should uh, if you get the chance. He's a really great guy, really smart, and he knows a lot about both information security and software development. If you're a past listener to uh, episode one and two, we did fix a couple of the issues that were going on there about the podcast capture. But uh, uh, unfortunately, we are still working through the final solution. So uh, it sounds a little long in, in uh, some of the areas where I'm speaking, and uh, you sort of hear me drag out some sounds. Uh, I'm working very heavily with the folks from Audio Hijack Pro, uh, which is the package we use to do that recording. And they're helping me figure out uh, what to optimize in order to make that work for my setup. So. Uh, please bear with me this month. Hopefully next month we'll have that fixed and we'll get things back together. This episode, episode three, brought to you by Microsoft Inc. as usual. Uh, this time in particular, the sponsorship of MSI is around our mergers and acquisitions practice and the Tiger Tracks tools that we've developed. So uh, if you don't mind and you want to support us, please take a moment, go over to microsolved.com and check out uh, our mergers and acquisition stuff. We're doing some pretty cool work over there helping folks uh, get ready for M&A, uh, work with companies that they've just purchased, and get them integrated. So there's some pretty cool stuff going on, and we're very happy to bring that to the public. So as always, uh, please enjoy this episode. Let us know what you think. Uh, you can reach us on Twitter, and we are at Microsoft, or reach out to me personally. I'm at L.B. Houston, that's at L-B-H-U-S-T-O-N on Twitter. Let me know what you think. Without further ado, here comes Bill Semph and a great interview. Please uh, enjoy and give uh, Bill a, a pat on the back if you see him somewhere. Thanks for listening. Well, good afternoon. And as always, uh, thanks for joining the stateofsecurity.com podcast. I have the distinct pleasure of talking today with one of my very best friends, and it's always good to hang out with you, and I'm just glad to have you today. So I'd like to introduce the audience to my good friend, Bill Sim. How Thanks are you, Bill? I'm real well, thank you. Thanks a lot for having me on the show. Oh, no, we are thrilled to have you. Um, it's good to see you. You look good today. How are things going? Oh, real well. Um, busy as usual, but uh, glad to be able to take a break and stretch and have a cup of coffee and join you on a on a call for a while and talk about security. And usually when we're talking, we're talking over wine or just chilling out. And uh, today we're going to actually talk about security stuff. Yeah. <laughs> How's that? It, it almost never happens. Um, why don't we start with Kind of tell the audience who you are, what your background is, what got you interested in InfoSec? Sure. So um, I've been involved in technology since I could 
handle a keyboard, basically. Um, go, going way back, my father was a science teacher um, in um, Southwestern City Schools here in Ohio. And so he was very into technology. So in the late 70s, we had uh, TRS-80, like many early geeks did. I learned how to use it, moved into the Apple platform from there, and got involved in the BBS scene um, when I was in my very early teens. Uh, and it just it never left from there. I stayed with, with networking um, my, my whole uh, teenage years and into my college time. Um, and as many people who know me know, I'm, I actually went to school for music for quite a long time until eventually um, my then girlfriend, now wife, looked at me and said, you know, you really ought to swap your hobby of computing and your profession of music one of these days. And so I did and ended up going into software development. Um, I've been a hobbyist developer forever. I mean, I'd been building games and, and cracking games, I'll admit, and um, doing other uh, ac activities like that, scripting things, uh, building a, you know, all the stuff that you hear the, the, the 80s geeks did, you know, build a Dungeons and Dragons um, character generator and, and, and whatnot. Um, but it always kind of went back to, to the networking side of development for me. I, I built a driver for um, my Apple um, 2E that would allow me to run two modem cards, use both of my um, phone lines at the same time to dial into two different BBSs to get stuff, Th things like that. I mean, it was always, it was always about the network. Um, so when I finally um, got professionally involved in development, it was on the networking side of things on the very early internet. So I was building um, websites when you still had to download the server from CERN and compile it back in 93, you know. Uh, so from there, ended up in the, in the professional development space doing primarily internet work and gradually just started trending towards um, Security and um, um, uh, security and um, uh, the other things that that the developers don't like to do, um, like you know, making making sites more responsive and 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 more secure, more available, um, and integrating sites. Um, over time, it became more and more about security, in, and through the two thousands, when security became much more of a, a topic, and of course, this this decade, it's become really a big topic, but. But in the 2000s was when everything got formulated and I uh, really started shifting my time towards primarily security until 2010 when I just went and stopped pretending, <laughs> just kind of went whole hog into the security space. Now you're really active in things like OWASP and some of the other projects that are out there that are really focused on bringing information security best practices to developers and bringing developers into the security fold. Can you talk a little bit about your personal mission in that space? Sure. So when I when I first started trying to get involved in the security community, um, I realized very quickly that developers didn't have a real great reputation with those people. Um, so I actually used my lock sport hobby as the bridge, strangely enough, um, I, I've been involved in Locksport since DEFCON 13, I think. So that puts it back, what, 10 years now? Um, and had started um, a Columbus Locksport group um, based off the, the Locksport International um, model, and which is going strong today. I don't run it anymore. John Snyder does, but uh, it is um, uh, 250 members or something now. It's, it's, it's very strong. But I use that kind of as my... Um, my, my leverage into the security community. I, I didn't go in as a 
as a dev, I went in as a Locksport guy. <laughs> and since every, all of them love Locksport as a, as a concept, they, um, they kind of accepted me that way. And I gave three talks at DerbyCon. Um, the, the first one really primarily about Locksport. And the second one was kind of like what Locksport taught me about security. And then finally, the third one was, you know, I went all the way and, and just basically gave an AppSec talk. And I think gradually convinced some people um, about my, um, my my willingness to commit towards um, some some stuff in the uh, application security space. Um, but my whole goal has been to um, help developers focus more on security from the understanding perspective. Uh, one thing I, I always have in my talks is you need to the security community needs to understand that developers don't dismiss security outright. Um, there's just two problems. One is that they don't they don't know they don't know what they're doing. They don't know what the flaws are and try to avoid them. And and number two, they're just simply looking to do what's best for the user. <clears throat> they want their applications to work well for the user. And so often, security requirements get in the way of that. So my whole job has been to try to bridge those two gaps as much as possible when communicating with both sides of the space. Now you say that. Um we really need more engagement between those two groups. And I've watched you do this. It's like magic. You get them in the same room. You build a good base. Everybody wants to play with technology. You get them speaking the same language. And I've even seen you buy them pizza. And pretty soon, they're all talking to each other. Yep. Tell me, Bill, from a security standpoint, if you're on a security team or you're driving security in your organization, what's in it for you? Why do you care to engage with developers? Yeah, and that's that's a tough call. <clears throat> um, the, the the infosec space ha has um, a, a set of, of of end goals that they're shooting for, and the developer space has a set of end goals they're shooting for, and very rarely are they the same set of goals. Um, but we're all together trying to make technology better for the users. And, and that's really kind of what everybody needs to remember all the time. Um, we get caught up in the minutia, which we should, we have to. I mean, it, it's, it, whether you're in the dev space or in the security space, those details are in the end game, really, that's what matters um, when you're doing the work tactically, right? It's all about detail. Um, you know, the whole, I, I missed a semicolon somewhere. And, and now nothing will compile or I, I missed a tab somewhere and, and now my script won't run. Um, when we communicate though, at, at, the, at the start of things, everything needs to go back to using each other's language in order to reach those higher, those higher non-tactical, more strategic goals of, of, hey, let's just make it better for the user. So when I talk to InfoSec people, um, I, I, I work very hard to try to get them to understand the basic terms and, and concepts that developers live in. Um, one great example is um, treating a vulnerability like a bug, okay? So when you say vulnerability to a developer, really the first thing that comes to mind when, when they're reading a description in a, in a, in a um, vulnerability assessment report is no, no, that's never going to happen. Nobody's ever going to do that. You know, I, well, no, one, no one's going to craft an email with a special link that's going to then um, uh, pass session cookies to, to evilsite.com. Nobody's going to do that. That's ridiculous. It'll take, me, it'll take me a week to fix this. 
to add an anti-CSRF token to this application for something that's never going to happen. Um, but if you couch it like a bug and put it in the bug system and tell the developers, hey, there, there's a certain set of requirements here that, that you failed to meet. Um, and one of them is that you need to check the authenticity of a unique token on every form post um, and put down how they need to do that based on the platform they're in, all of a sudden it becomes a challenge. It becomes a, um, uh, hey, you know, my, my app doesn't work right. I need to fix it. And that's that that crossover of languages is kind of where I where I'm I'm trying to get um, the infosec practitioners and the developer practitioners to 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 meet in the middle is you know let's learn a little bit of each other's language and use it properly to communicate with one another. And that's a great point. It's the same situation, but just handling it, framing it different, and engaging with a mechanism that developers already use every day allows them to leverage that and make change. It's a fantastic point. So. If you had to say to someone who's just coming into InfoSec, how do you do that? How do you start talking to the developers? How do you find the three commonalities that let you sit in a room, have a cup of coffee, and hammer that out? Yeah, that's, that's tough. It's real situational um, based on your, your organization's um, social ethic and, and whatnot. But one, one thing that I always do try to get into is to uh, the same thing that, that earlier in my development career, when I started to get labeled as an architect, quote unquote, um, I, I dealt with a lot of um, the, the wall between business analysts and developers, um, which is what the whole agile methodology is designed to, to, to break down that wall, right? Have developers working hand in hand with the end users and the business analysts just basically um, writing down what happens, you know, making making a communication model there, but but have the developers and the users work together and, and make iterative, um, uh, reach iterative goals towards the final final uh, model of the application. The, the key is to prevent the business analysts from writing down what the application should do and throwing it over the wall to the developers. And developers catch it and go, all right, we'll just build this however we want to, that, because that, that, doesn't, that model doesn't work. Um, the same thing's true in InfoSec. Uh, don't don't, for instance, order a pen test, um, take the vulnerability report and throw it over the walls of the devs. That's, it's just simply not, never going to work. It's never going to work. Um, that, that's the way we've been doing things for a long time. It's never worked. It's not going to work. Um, I mean, even when I'm in that position of having to do remediation on an application and I'm just, you know, handed a, a vulnerable report and said, here, fix this. Even I, with, with, with all my years in, in InfoSec now, uh, even I go, I'm, I'm not, gonna, this is stupid. I'm not going to do this. Instead, the um, InfoSec has to be willing to be part of the dev team. Um, development needs a group, you know, it needs a village. There's a lot of people involved. There's front end people and middle tier people and back end people and database people and analysts and QA testers. And, and they all work in this, this group um, to, to solve the problem that is this application. It's, you know, a year, 18 months, 24 months worth of work. Um, it, it's a very different ethos than what the InfoSec people do where often a project is a week long. Um, we need to go in and, and, and run this pen test or go in and, and, and configure this, this firewall. Um, it's very much more task driven. Um, devs think much longer timeframes. So you've gotta be willing to get in at the beginning and stay with it. Um, go to the weekly status meetings, participate in the calls. I know it's a, it's a pain, 
but you don't have to you know be at every meeting or, or sit at people's desk but you do need to get involved um and and once you've done that then you understand a little bit better what the devs are faced with and also the the devs understand the requirements up front or they're much more likely to um so that 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 would be my my main piece is you know go when 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 they're launching a new major version you know go to the launch meeting find out when the status meetings are call in so it really sounds like what you suggest is that the strongest most important piece is engagement we've got to get these guys and ladies all engaging together speaking the same language focused on the same goals let's help the user and then build from that spirit of cooperation exactly so tell me if you were the ceo of a company how do you build an environment for your security team for your developers where you're focused on letting them collaborate letting them engage and pushing them together to get a better product for the user for the customer for protecting the data how do you build that environment that's that's a that's a really good question and slightly above my pay grade um it's i mean that, that there's a there's a strategic angle there and from from a practitioner's perspective the, the successful um units that i've seen have appsec specific people in the organization and that seems seems like a really obvious thing to say but most of the organizations that i've worked with that have a security team or security person um that person is a network security person cissp type um on the network side of things having someone trained in app security is the the one not the one but what i've seen is 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 a core piece of the puzzle whether you have somebody on the dev side who's taken the step or even better qa that's that's where i really see the super improvements um, I, I did a static, a static code analysis set up for a financial organization out west, and um, they had one of their QA team members literally pick up and hang up a shingle that they are now the app security person. And they, they were already kind of a hobbyist anyway, but they took some serious training and, and a lot of the training through Fortify and, and got heavily involved in it. Within six months, they went from a really good tester to a really good application auditor. <laughs> um, it was it was very exciting, and and then. Everybody improved because he, he was one of the fold, you know, he, he was he was a, a, a QA guy, a, a friend to a dev who happened to um, be a security specialist. And that's kind of the role I try to fill, too. I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm just a, a dev, an architect, just like anybody else. Um, but I specialize in security. The, the more we can aim towards that model, I think the more that the people who do the strategy can... Um, can 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 make um, models of of app dev that work better for security. So let's switch your hat for a minute, sure. because I've heard you talk about from the infosec side for uh, a number of years now. But let's switch to the developers. Why should the developers care about what the security people have to say? Why should they care about engaging with them? In a lot of places, the developer group is sort of segregated. They're seen as the brainiac zoo, or they're a separate race apart. Um, in fact, they're 
a ton of internet memes based on that. So Absolutely. if you're a developer, how do you develop an open mind so that you can engage with security folks on a level set playing field? Um, it's, it's, it's pretty easy, actually, and it goes back to what I said earlier. Um, security vulnerabilities are just bugs. They're defects in the software, like anything else. That's no different than, um, hey, by the way, this button's supposed to gray out after you've clicked it to give the transaction time to run, um, and it doesn't, so the users are clicking it twice and causing two transactions. Um, so you, you need to fix that? Oh, okay, no problem. You know, hey, um, by the way, I can um, put script tags in this, um, this, this um, memo field, and it could cause a cross-site scripting vulnerability, so it shouldn't do that. Oh, okay, done. I mean, that's, that's, that's the key thing. Um, so much of the conversation between um, software developers and, 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 and security people is um, uh, uh, conflicting immediately. You know, they, they go into the conversation with, with conflict on their mind. Mm -hmm. And instead, if we just view these vulnerabilities as bugs, and um, then, then the, the conversation starts out on the right foot. Um, and admittedly, and, and speaking as a dev, the infosec people have to understand that you know that that medium vulnerability isn't necessarily as important to me as the way the user views my site. You know, so yes, okay, I did prioritize um, making my my ad bars you know less ostentatious and and more flexible over this medium vulnerability that was on your appsec report. I'm sorry, but both of them are important. So just because I get a, a vulnerability report with, with a couple mediums and lows on it does not mean I drop everything and fix that first. Um, the, the risk is still quite low, <laughs> and, and, and I understand that. If, you know, obviously, if, I, if there's a critical security flaw, then, yeah, that's a, that's a priority one thing, and everybody drops everything and fixes it. I'm, I'm, I'm cool with that. But, you know, that, that logged in user cross-site request forgery vulnerability that was discovered isn't going to immediately pop to the top of my list. And so there's a little give and take on both sides, but but I think that's that's the core of it is is the um, the, the the devs just have to understand that the, those vulnerabilities coming through are just defects like any other defect, and then everything will flow from there. So I hear you hammering on the security people to drop the what I call the hype cycle or the gloom and doom focus. Oh my gosh, I found this. The world's falling apart. Exactly. Um, and, and we've heard over the years, developers say time and time again, that they just get tired of that. They get tired of hearing the overhyped responses. But let's, let's not hammer on the security people at this second. Let's talk about the developers. The developers themselves need to have a way to rationalize what they're told and to put that in their own context. It's not the 100% responsibility of the security folks. No. It's just as much the developer's responsibility. Yep. So and if you let it, it, I'm sorry, go ahead. It comes down to education. The de developers need to be educated on the, the basic application security um, vulnerabilities and what they mean. I, I'm, not, I'm not the biggest fan of the OWASP top 10, but it's a really good marketing piece for devs to demonstrate how these vulnerabilities are used to break applications. Um, and 
that's where the developers need to stand up. They need to take the time to get educated. If you go to a conference, there's a security track, go to it. Learn about this. It's really important. Most of the data loss out there is due to application vulnerabilities. Um, we are causing this as, 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 a, as a community. Um, and, 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 and once I found that once that is bridged, the conversation is much easier. So Phil, that's, I that's love what, it. That's I what love I think it. the devs need to be doing is, is yeah. go out and get educated. It's amazing, Brent. Um, I, I give my basic, you know, um, developer's guide to pen testing talk over and over and over again. And um, it's it's just, it's not really the OWASP top 10. It's kind of the, 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 the core vulnerabilities is I've seen them when I've been testing over the past three or four years and um, what I do with them. So I, I really cover uh, information disclosure, um, injection, and, um, and then big, big concepts in, in, in app security. Um, and then and talk about how, how I use all of them. And every single time I ask the question, okay, how many people learned something new today? And every single time, everyone raises their hand. And then I ask the question, how many people didn't know any of this and are going to cry themselves to sleep tonight. And I'll tell you, most of the time, half of the room still raises their hand. And I'm thinking, eventually, I'm going to run out of people that have never heard of this, right? I mean, at some point, we're going to start teaching this to developers so that it's not a surprise when they're halfway through their career. Um, that's, that's what needs to get fixed first. And that's fantastic. So if you're a manager listening to this podcast, Bill just told you, get your security people talking to your devs, create engagement, get your developers trained in the basics of InfoSec, get them seated together, cross-train them, cross-pollinate, build some trust, and you're going to see improvement. That's a fantastic roadmap to take an organization from where they are to a betterment place. That that's invaluable, Bill. Good. Yeah. Thank you. I'm. I'm. Uh, I think you you summarize it real well. Well, let's switch gears for a minute. Let's talk a little bit about career paths. If you're a developer and you're getting into infosec, or you're an infosec person, really starting to engage with the development team. Over time, does that offer them? value add? Does it create a career boost opportunity? Um, what does it do for their potential path to management or the boardroom? Um, I get asked that question a lot, usually from the how do I get started perspective. And as far as career path is concerned, um, I, I mean, it, it's it, it gets down to a personal thing for me. I, I'm I'm not the kind of person that envisions myself eventually being a manager or CEO or or CIO. I'm I'm a I'm a technician and I will be forever. Um, I, so I I don't look at that that often because it isn't really my goal. I mean I'm 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 a button pusher. I'm I'm a I'm a problem solver. I'm a I'm a hands in the dirt kind of guy. So that's that's really I'm blinders on as far as that's concerned. Um, but but I I can speak to there's no question that the concept, the, the, the topic of security is being pushed higher and higher up 
the 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 branches um, of of corporate life. So we're talking bigger companies, right? Um, we're to the stage where the CEO gets security briefings weekly from um, in 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 large you know Fortune fifty companies because it's such a big topic. Um, one small vulnerability in an application can lead to an immense data drain, and um, data is now so much what corporations are trading in that it becomes a serious consideration. So on the topics of like visibility and and um, and time spent in front of the right people, security in general is a good place to be. And when you realize that the, the majority of data loss is due to application security vulnerabilities one way or the other, it, application security is a good place to be um, in, in general. So I don't really know if I answered your question, but that's kind of my take on the the way um, application security kind of bridges over into corporate superstructure. That's awesome. I know you and I share a common love for mentoring. We both spend a lot of time in the community. We work with a lot of young people. If you were to engage with college students who are about to enter the security or development field, what would you tell them uh, to be cognizant of right out of the shoot, and what would you tell them they can expect over the next three to five years in terms of skills development? What's going to be hot? What should they focus on? So, um, one th well, what I tell new people moving in, whether they're existing devs or or, or network people that want to move into app security um, or they're new to the technology industry altogether is um, no, none of us know what's next. <laughs> so one thing that we can be guaranteed of for the, the reasonably short forward-looking time frame, that three to five year time frame, is that um, we're still going to be using applications to manage data. Those applications are going to be networked and the data will be valuable. Therefore, there will be a certain criminal element that will be interested in stealing that data. Um, and our applications will be the easiest pathway into it, right? We, we know that. We know that that's not gonna change in five years. Um, so what, what, what does that mean? What the development landscape is gonna look like? Honestly, with the exception of, once again, minutia, I don't think there will be much of a change. I mean, obviously like for the, for the next, for the past year or two years, you know, there's been this sudden influx of JavaScript frameworks, right? So there's been a lot more um, client-side injection problems because a lot of the applications run on the client side. So DOM cross-site scripting, which is something you almost never saw four years ago, is now very common, right? Because we, we, have, um, we have all these client-side frameworks that, that we're running. Um, so those kinds of trends are gonna happen, but I, I don't have a crystal ball for those. One thing I do know is that if you get involved in the community and stay involved in the community, OWASP, for instance, um, you you will be able to stay abreast of the trends because you, you'll be able to hear what's happening and there will be pressure to change, for instance, like what OWASP does based on those trends. So we have a lot more client-side guidance in on OWASP.org than we had in the past because of this sudden resurgence, or not resurgence, this sudden influx of JavaScript frameworks. Um, so if, if, if you want to get involved, uh, if, if you're on that um, 
inside of things where, where you're in app dev or in security or just new to the framework, new to the, um, the industry and want to uh, uh, stay up to date, get involved in OWASP. Um, pick your platform of choice and join that platform's project or find a project that, you, that particularly um, lends itself to what you're doing currently in your position or what you want to be doing and jump in, join the mailing list and, 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 and get, um, get your hands dirty um, doing the work. The, 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 the pull from the, the, the users of OWASP's work will lead you in the direction that um, the industry is going. So it'll be so much easier to stay abreast of things. Um, in, in the .NET, I'm, I'm, so I run the .NET project at, at, um, at, at OWASP. And um, encryption is the big topic. Um, that's, that's what people are really interested in, that probably, it, it, at least partially due to um, the, all the NSA and, and um, revelations from the Snowden docs, but for whatever reason. Um, also, in, encryption is kind of, um, well, it's kind of, kind of opaque in the .NET framework. So it's, it's a little tough to use at times. So there's a lot more questions about that. That's showing me trends in the industry, right? There's more people are looking at things like, hmm, you know, I really should hash my passwords. I wonder how I do that. Um, that's, that's, that's how it's benefited me. So that's, I think, how it would benefit um, someone new coming in. And I'm just gonna leave that on the table a second because I tell all of my mentees, if you wanna be successful in your career, and I think in life, it really comes down to finding ways to engage with others, finding ways to create value. If you do that, you're going to succeed. People will flock to work with you. But if you don't, then there's nothing that separates you from the crowd. Yeah, well put. Well put. So, Bill, I can't tell you. We're coming up on about a half hour. I can't tell you how thrilled I am to have you. Uh, thanks for spending time with me today. I really appreciate it. Thanks for putting forth so much great knowledge to all of my listeners. And if they want to talk to you more, they want to engage more, maybe they want to talk about OWASP and how to get involved, where can they find you? Where can they get in touch online? Sure. Um, I hang out on Twitter. A lot. Um, you can find me at Semf on Twitter. Um, I, I that's it's. I used to be an IRC groupie, and Twitter is like uh, a, a global public IRC channel that is restricted to 140 characters, and it fits real well in with me because I like small thoughts. Those those make me happy. Um, my uh, my blog is at semf.net, and you can come there and, and leave comments and, and participate in, in uh, conversations there. That's a lot of fun. Um, and I'm you know at most of the uh, conferences uh, around town uh, and regionally. I'll be at uh, um, Circle City Con um, doing a training. I'll be at DerbyCon. I'm sure you can find me there. Look me up and uh, we'll have a beer and chat about AppSec. Now, it's every day for you, but can you spell SEMP for us? Sure. It's S like Sam, E like Eric, M like Mary, P like Paul, and F like Frank. My father worked for Southwestern City Schools for 34 years. They had his name in three different databases, spelled three different ways until the day he retired. So they're not the only one. <laughs> yeah, a lot of folks ask me over and over again, how do you spell Bill's name? <laughs> well, you have enlightened us. You've been so generous with your time. 
why don't you tell us what are you working on next? What's next for Bill Sim? Sure. Um, I'm recording for Wintellect, and I'm taking all my trainings and putting them on um, on um, on video um, for for the Wintellect um, library. Uh, and uh, it's good. They they've already got a good network security piece, and so I'm adding an application security piece to that. That's been a lot of fun. Um, and uh, of course, uh, there's a lot of work involved. I'm I'm um, still um, uh, working on building guidance in the .NET project. We're up to maybe eight articles, ten articles now, and have six or eight more in the hopper. So we're trying to get a good corpus of work there. And I'm um, running with, um, with with my partners, the Columbus OWASP group as well. Um, so uh, come out and visit us at one of our meetings um, sometime soon. Uh, aside from that, just coding and testing, coding and testing, you know, just the, the stuff you need to do to keep the doors open. Aren't you still picking a lock here and there? Uh, you know, not as much as I used to. Um, I, I do train, um, do, I do uh, uh, basically a, uh, introduction to lock, lock sport class for the Columbus Idea Foundry about once a month. And that's been real popular. Um, I, and I, I'm, I'm to the point now where I get almost no computer people in anymore. It's all a bunch of artists and makers, the people that normally associate with the foundry who come in for something totally different. And it's given me a very different view on, on the world of, uh, of lock picking and, and the public's view of physical security. It's been, it's been quite a treat. Awesome. Well, thanks for all you do for the community. Thanks for hanging out with us today. I really appreciate it. Listeners, I hope you enjoyed it. Let us know if you'd like to hear more, if you'd like to hear Bill uh, riff on some different subjects, or if you'd like to uh, have us talk about something entirely different. We're open to all those suggestions. Thanks for listening. And until next time, stay safe out there. Stay safe out there, folks. Thanks again for listening to the State of Security podcast. You can read more about uh, security information in the podcast itself, as well as engage with folks in a blog format at stateofsecurity.com. Of course, this uh, episode is made possible by Microsoft Inc. That's M-I-C-R-O-S-O-L-V-E-D, like problemsolved.com. Check us out on the web. We've got uh, more than 20 years' experience doing very, very interesting information security stuff, uh, whether it's assessments or, or tearing apart equipment and uh, applications in our security lab or helping folks with incidents or design policy and process. Uh, over the last 20-plus uh, years, we've done a lot of different things there, so be sure to check us out. That's microsolved.com. And until next uh, episode of the podcast, you can always touch base with us on Twitter. We are at Microsoft or on personally at L-B-H-U-S-T-O-N. That's at L-B-H-U-S-T-O-N on Twitter. Love to hear your feedback. We're continuing to work through the microphone issues and some of the capture issues. Thanks for bearing with us on that. And uh, with that said, uh, we're over and out. Until next time, stay safe out there.